Welcome to this mini-series called Sustainable Saturday with me, Bianca Foley. In this series, I'll be discussing sustainability in the fashion space. There are four episodes to listen to ahead of season six of Sustainably Influenced, which is coming very soon. Hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'm chatting to Esther Knight, founder of Fanfare Label, all about circularity in fashion and how traditional fashion brands can implement ethics into their supply chains. Esther has worked in the fashion industry for over 12 years, working as a buyer for many high street and designer brands, including Vivian Westwood. Working her way up to buyer level, Esther saw firsthand the pressure that fashion companies place on their suppliers, the exploitation of factory workers and the environmental impacts of the industry. Esther saw the need for urgent change and realised that she could not contribute to the broken system any longer. Rather than leaving the industry, she began working on a solution. Fanfare Label is an award-winning circular clothing brand, changing the way that people buy, wear and consume clothing, and one that I personally adore. Let's get into it. Esther, thank you so much for joining me. I know that we've already done a live together, so we've got a little bit of history there, but um, could you tell us a little bit about Fanfare the Label? What is it and how did it come about, please? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's always great to talk about um, sustainability with you. Um, but yeah, so I'm the founder of Fanfare Label. Fanfare Label is a sustainable women's wear clothing brand, brand particularly focused around the areas of circularity so we um, we focus on reducing fashion landfill crisis as well as ensuring that our clothes biodegradable um, but looking where um, where as much as we can at repurposing reusing and recycling clothing because we don't necessarily need newness all the time alongside that we get everything produced ethically within the UK and we work with human trafficking charities to eradicate slavery from fashion supply chains I knew some of this. I didn't know all of that. So that's amazing. <laughs> like, it's really nice because I think people think of sustainable fashion as one thing and or as another thing. As in like, you, for me, it's doing all the things. That's what makes a sustainable fashion brand. Or yeah, I hear so many, like there are so many conscious collections or sustainable collections. Yeah. It's not sustainable. You've just used eco-friendly cotton. It's not sustainable. Exactly. I yeah. sit here and I'm, I start seething and uh, I went out with a friend the other day and we went um, past the shop and she was like, oh, look, I'm trying to be a bit more like you. I bought this and I was like, it's not sustainable, it's not sustainable. <laughs> I was like, God, it's not sustainable. But I had to even change my, my own mindset because in the beginning, that's what I thought it was. I thought, oh, yeah. well, I'm doing better and I'm trying to be better where I can. But the more I educate myself, the more I realise there's so much that goes into this. Yeah. And that's where Fanfare is such an important brand. Yeah. Because you do all the things, all the things that make it up. No, so yeah, it's, it's amazing to see. On the topic of circularity, so yeah. I was recently reading um, an article in Vogue Business that the circular economy of fashion could be worth a staggering $5 trillion. What exactly defines that circular fashion and why should brands be investing in it? Yeah, um, so... 
so a bit a bit towards um your point just then actually is just that like sustainability for us is looking at every area and um yeah it's impossible for a brand to be 100 sustainable but it's about ident- looking at every single area of your business and trying to um, be as responsible as possible in every single area for us we really couldn't justify creating newness all the time that wasn't focused on the end of life um of a product and with that in mind so we split our collection 50 50 where we have 50 percent is new production items that um, can be biodegraded at end of life and can be circular at end of life but then the other half is actually tackling what's already been produced we have so much stuff in the world we don't need new stuff we just need to be more resourceful with what's already created so that's where we started really with our circularity journey of focusing right let's sort the fashion industry out let's tackle with what um tackle what's already been used, what's already been created, and look at research, um, repurposing that back into the system and prolonging clothing's lifespan. Once we've done that, we can focus on the future of this is the future of sustainable fashion and this is what creating new clothing should be like. And so that's how that's our messaging behind the two collections is tackling the problems that have gone before with other fashion companies while setting a stand for the future of what new, new production clothing should be like. Circularity really is, um, so the linear model, the original model of fashion is um, take, make, use and waste. Circularity is focused on um, take, make, use and then what can you do after that? So whether that's repair, reuse, upcycle, recycle, repurpose and it's focusing on um being able to make that journey back into the system so nothing goes to wastage and looking at how we can maximize the um, our clothing as much as possible and um, because good clothing is made to last a lifetime and we should cherish items and we could we should value them and it's about promoting longevity and it's about keeping um keeping clothings in the system so that we're not um throwing things to landfill such an important point i think people forget a lot about the traditional kind of fast fashion model um and in terms of reusing because i've seen the collections that you guys produce anyway and it is really you create from the reuse side of things and repurposing really fun different pieces that are unique are you're not going to have a hundred of them and it's nice for you to know that you have something that nobody else has. It kind of reminds me of when I used to go away when I was a kid and my mum always said, if you're going to buy some clothing when you're away, make sure it's not from like a high street store or somewhere. Make sure that it's from like a small boutique because you know nobody else is going to be wearing it when you go back home. Mm. And I've always kind of adopted that and I always thought to myself, get stuff from places that nobody else is going to have it so that you can have your own unique style and fanfare kind of champions that for me. I think you're doing it in such you're doing it in a really ethical and sustainable way, but it's still stylish, it's still unique. You still get that kind of, that buzz from that exclusivity that's associated with having a piece that nobody else has. But um, you mentioned something really, really valid there with the take, make, what was it, how did you say it? Take, make? Um, Take, make, use and waste waste. is what the linear linear model. For the fast fashion, um, fast fashion linear model. How I've got it is take, make and dispose. So for years, the fast fast fashion um, industry has operated on that kind of model, Mm -hmm. which to me, the more, again, the more that I'm learning, the more I'm like, 
how is this normal? How is this a thing and how was this allowed? <laughs> how do you think that these fast fashion brands can change? And if not to be more sustainable and I understand it will take a lot for these brands to change. That's fair. Yeah. But um, then at least how can they be more ethical in their practices or, or and really and their production? Yeah, well, to be honest, it's going to be really hard for them to do it. So and this this is the issue we've got with all the greenwashing. And, and back to your point earlier is that they're focusing on one area. Oh, this this product is made from organic cotton when the rest of the products are made from polyester. And it, it shows that they can't really do it because they've been built on a totally different business model than, say, what Fanfare Label has been on. They've been built on a business model of produce as much clothing as possible for really cheap and so those are the foundations of the business whereas our foundations of the business are produced consciously and considered in everything that we do and value people in an environment and profit all in equal measure they they can't switch to that uh, sustainable whatever the word sustainable means they can't switch to that business model um overnight they're going to have to change everything that they were created for and stand for so i would personally argue that they, they can't change and if they do it will be in certain areas of sustainability and not in the area and not fully. So it could be like w one of the most important issues that they need to solve is actually accounting for their workers and the people that are making their garments and ensuring there's no slavery and factory collapses. We've, we're hearing factory disaster after factory disaster and no health and safety because the fact is that they're corner cutting because they're trying to get things for as cheap as possible and and so the labor side in itself that's that's going to be a huge huge challenge for them to to um to try and solve alongside then the environmental aspect so in in my point of view i i think that they can't change their business model because they were created on something different and and also from my point of view is that they've kind of had their chance they've they've had their chance of giving given the fact that they were started on this business model shows that they don't care about the environment and they don't care about people and if they're starting to now it's because of the bottom line of money and the, the way that customers uh, are wanting to spend their money not because they actually care because if they cared they would have done it earlier and so my kind of mindset on it is move aside let's let's um actually empower brands that are set on the right values and actually want to bring change and um rather than trying to i mean i i we need we need radical change it, it is an urgent issue and obviously i want them to it's just that i really question their morals sometimes i love everything about what you just said and it's really interesting for me because the more I do these conversations, the more I speak to people from different parts of or different parts of the industry, whether it be fashion, beauty, politics, whatever. Everybody has a different opinion on whether these brands can change. And it's so nice to, to allow people to have that open forum to do it because I'm kind of like you where I think people can change, but I understand that it's going to take so much for them to change. That, yeah. And it's going to cost them a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. So most of these brands are thinking, is it worth it? This is just another trend. It's not a trend. People are really, no. really becoming more conscious, pardon the pun, um, <laughs> for, for what they're buying. And they're more conscious about what they're doing with their money. Yeah. And I think that is the biggest point because now I'm seeing where, especially coming out of the pandemic, 
people lost their jobs, people were furloughed, money was a lot tighter for a lot of people. So therefore these brands weren't making the same money. But mm -hmm. where we spend is so important and how we spend. So if we stop spending with these brands and saying to them, oh, well, we're going to give you our money mindlessly and just do whatever, then they have to kind of think about what they're doing and they have to change their business models. But it's going to take a lot of time for, especially the likes of Pretty Little Thing, Misguided, all of those kind of stores, because yeah. they operate in such a high volume, mass way. Exactly, yeah. I think the smaller stores, like there are stores that I'm seeing that are trying to make a lot more changes, like Monsoon. They're not entirely sustainable, they're not ethical completely, but they've been making changes for about five years now. Yeah. And they're slow, they're even slowing down their production. They're bringing in more more um, highly skilled um, seamstresses and seamsters and they're paying them more and doing things like that. So it can happen. You yeah. just have to work. You, you just have to be a company that's prepared to make the changes over a long time and invest a little bit. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, moving on to the very last question. So mm -hmm. what are the main principles of the circular fashion economy? And what can regular consumers like our audiences, what can they do to take part and make those changes? Yeah, of course. So I think the first thing is that just just designing out. So I follow the Ellen and MacArthur principles in this area. And so if anyone wants to know more about circularity and circular fashion, do head to their um, website. So everything that I'm going to say is, is from there. So th her first point, th their first point is that um, design out waste. So that means that you don't create anything that ends up as waste. So it's ensuring that everything is circular. It can be biodegraded, it can be recycled, it can be reused, repurposed, all of the things that we discussed before. So that's the first principle, so that we're reducing landfill, nothing is going to landfill, and we're being resourceful with what's created. Because so much goes into a garment, <coughs> excuse me, um, we shouldn't be throwing it away. So many people have worked on it and things should be cherished, things should be valued and we should be creating seasonless clothing with longevity. The second point is um, is uh, about re, re generation of um, like natural um, resources. So ensuring that we're not taking from the environment the things that we need for other um for other things like food and water and being sure that making sure that we're considering the environment and communities in everything that we do and we're not just extracting all the time from in the environment and we're actually making sure that the environment can recover and we're we're working in tune with nature and then the third thing is just ensuring that we're just not throwing things away, that we're just slowing down our consumption. It's not saying that you can't buy anything new ever. It's about just being more considered with your purchases. So um, just making making sure you're buying staple pieces that are going to stay relevant in your wardrobe for a long time, that you can style in loads of different ways. And it's about maybe spending more on a sustainable piece um, that you're going to cherish and value than buying um, micro trends that are gonna come in and out of fashion. So it's just about buying investment pieces that you're gonna love and you're gonna keep forever. And, and we all know like the pieces in our wardrobe that we've had to wait for and spend a bit of money on are the ones that we love the most because we never throw them away. Um, and so it's just about getting that relationship back with our clothing that we we just love them. We love, love the clothes that we wear and the, the clothing that we wear and it means a lot to us and therefore we wouldn't throw it away. 
I absolutely love all of that because that's what I've been trying to do for the past sort of three, four years now, coming up four years, I want to say. I can't even remember anymore, three years, I think. But it's, it is something that I think you really do have to change your mindset and look at your clothes as, not as almost like a commodity. It's something that's part of you, part of, is part of your daily life. You have to respect them, take care of them. That's something that I'm really, really, really big on is taking care of things. Because I think that's where a lot of people kind of forget. Oh, if it's got a stain on it, oh, throw it out. It doesn't need to be thrown out. Oh, our button's missing. I'm going to chuck it out. Sew the damn button back on. Like there's yeah. nothing. And so many people just think, oh, I can get rid of this and I'll buy a new one because there's a new one there. But why not take care of the things that you've got first? And then, as you said, you can regenerate things. You can change things into different things. Like I will be honest, I've had to buy some pieces recently because because of that good old lockdown weight. So I don't actually fit in most of my clothing, but I've only bought maybe three or four items that I think will see me through until I start to get back, get up, get yeah. back down. <laughs> and I want to, I've bought pieces that I know I'm going to love and I'm going to wear for a really, really long time. Cause I didn't want to spend loads and loads of money and I didn't want to add and all of these things. And it's, you, you can just, there's so much you can do with your, with your wardrobe. And there's so much that you can do to take care of things and to show your clothes that you love them. And yeah. I think that's where people do need to change their mindset and that they forget that they can. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really, really excited for the future for Fanfare because you guys are doing amazing things. Oh, so thank, thank you, you so, so, so much for joining me. No, it's been it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to chat to you. <laughs> Thanks so much to my guest today. I've linked the full interview in the show notes if you want to have a watch. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sustainably Influenced. Season five of Sustainably Influenced is available to listen now on all good podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening.